Today on We Here, Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott were spotted leaving an LA hotspot after a night out, and we have so many questions. Pete Davidson's new movie, The King of Staten Island, was mysteriously pulled from drive-in theaters, and slebs are getting slammed for a cringe-worthy PSA about white privilege. Coming up next on We Here. Oh my god. We're on page six? No. Oh, no. Yeah. Another divorce splashed across page six. Page six would have a field day. Hey there, I'm Maggie Coglin. And I'm Ian Moore, and welcome to We Hear, a page six podcast. We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. The story behind the story, Maggie. Here I say that with an air of mystery, a mysterious yes. tone. Because I'm a little confused. So Travis Scott and Kylie Jenner were spotted over the weekend leaving the L.A. hotspot, The Nice Guy. And it's almost like this total throwback story. It's funny because there are pictures of them leaving the club, covering their faces. She's dressed in like she's got like some like a leather. She looks like it's like The Matrix mm-hmm. 21 Forever. Forever 21. <laughs> forever 21. You were close. All the parties were that there. They just weren't so in the right dad. By the way, a true mark of being a dad, which I always <laughs> hated. Like, my dad always got the names of stores wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like the names of like super. It, it was so annoying. And now I'm that person, <laughs> but whatever. But anyway, so there's a picture of them leaving the nice guy. And it looks like a weird pre-coronavirus throwback shot. Totally. Wait, what? They're, they're out? They're out on the town? What, what, was, what was going on? Not a mask in sight. If this had been four or five months ago, the real story here would be, are these two back together? But today, in the times we are living in, the story is, these two went to a nightclub restaurant and everything was fine? Even the security doesn't have a mask or gloves on. I've seen some photos recently of celebrities going to Craig's, you know, the restaurant, I believe it's in West Hollywood, where people kind of go to see and be seen. That Lala Kent from Vanderpump Rules and her fiance, Randall Emmett, who was a producer on The Irishman, were at the door getting their temperatures taken with, you know, the touchless thermometer. Like, there's not even a suggestion that these two had to get their temperature taken here. This just feels like, hey, it could be a night out at any time. Right. I mean, I guess LA, maybe part of the reason that it's so hard for us to believe is that LA is in a totally different phase than we're in in New York, where things are still pretty much locked down. We're in phase one. They're in phase three. Although there were people over the weekend, beautiful weekend, who were out in Central Park. And as the Post pointed out, there were people not wearing masks and not wearing pants. There was a picture in the paper um, of like a guy just wearing no mask and, and a thong. It actually looked like he was wearing his mask, but just on his covering his genitals. I mean, that's pretty on trend because as Page Six Style reported that the it bikini of the summer for female celebrities kind of resembles a face mask. It's a very boxy top with just armholes. It's funny because, you know, celebrities love to shield their faces from paparazzi. In the past, you know, when a celebrity is pregnant, sometimes she'll hold an oversized handbag in front of her stomach. In this case, Kylie is using her expertly manicured hands to block her face. So not only are there no masks going on, but someone, maybe it was her, maybe it wasn't, 
has been taking care of her cuticles. Oh, has she been in a salon? That's a great point, unless it was one of her sisters. Someone who came to her. But this bottle of water that Travis Scott is holding looks like what happens when you go to Carbone and you say that you'll have sparkling water and then you get the check and you realize you've just paid $20 for seltzer, like you paid that much for bubbles. It's funny you mention that, Maggie, because the the label of the water is is not showing right it's like the it, it's like the back of of the label so you can just see the outline but you can't see what brand it is but i think i think i identified it just by the shape of the label as pana have you ever had pana water p-a-n-n-a yeah i think i was duped into having it just by I, wanting a seltzer i have to say though that the the flat pana water is honestly, I don't know if it's worth twenty six dollars, but it it's it is the best water. It really is good. I have to admit, when I saw he had that, I was like, "Damn, Travis Scott!" Of course, he has great taste in water. Watch, give us a few weeks, and we'll find out if he's purchased a stake in this company. Yeah, and yeah, it's giving really it a good. lot of play. It's a very like soft water. It's like mm, I know what got you a mean. Yeah, delightful mouthfeel. It's, it's like, also interesting. I mean, the other thing that came to mind. So, so the nice guy. First of all, I should mention the nice guy really is one of, or it, it could be sort of like the top celebrity hangout in Hollywood. I think at one time for a while, it was Craig's, but the nice guy is um, a restaurant. It it describes itself as the nice guy's aesthetic pays homage to a decadent era of mafia bars and restaurants. Jeez. Just don't sit near the window uh, where the owners and their friends can enjoy an evening together. Upon entry, the vintage marble and brass bar greets you, Maggie. Its size, scale, and shape invite the guests to a unique social experience, encouraging conversation and camaraderie. Six feet apart? Question mark. I'm the sure booze, there was a lot to talk about. The, the booze along the exterior wall command intimacy between the guests while the larger booths flanking the room stimulate the party atmosphere throughout the night. So basically it's sort of, it's a restaurant, but it's also a very hot Hollywood hangout. That's kind of a very clubby sort of clubby restaurant. You know, the other thing that that was sort of interesting on this photo is what else have we seen Kylie Jenner in the headlines for recently, right? Cause she had been on the cover of Forbes, and then recently they had this expose where they said that some public filings that Cody, which bought her makeup brand, filed revealed that she had inflated her her worth, and you know she's come back and her legal team and said that it's not true. So in any event, perhaps this is a bit of a strategic thing. Of course, you know the Kardashian Jenner clan always thinking about their public image, you know, is this to like kind of remind people like, hey, nothing to see here. We're just, you know, we're we're back to leaving hot spots together and, you know, um, just to try to remind people that everything it's it's business as usual for the Kardashian Jenner clan. To me, it also shows a sort of real lack of imagination where I mean it's sort of the Leo DiCaprio effect, because it's like, right. you know, you have like Leonardo DiCaprio He's an I, I, he's an amazing actor. He's an Oscar winner. His taste in in film projects is you know impeccable. He works with these amazing directors. 
He's, I, I think he's a great actor, but then it's like, you look at his personal life and then he's still just always at these, he's at like Tao, you know, he's like, or, and mm-hmm. he's at Coachella and he's always like, just sort of hanging out at nightclubs. And it's just, has always been so strange to me. And he's sort of doing it into his forties where you're like, really? Like it, you'd think you'd kind of move on from this. And it's also just a weird thing because it's like, on one hand, you're like working with all these really interesting people and doing these interesting projects. But then it's just strange that that's where you want to spend your, you know, your free time. Although these two, I mean, Kylie is 22, Travis is 28. So they get a pass for being young, you know, whereas Leo, you're like, why are you still doing this? Exactly. But still, it's like, you know, she's their parents. I don't know. I mean, I guess they wanted to go and have a night out, but it's just, I don't know. It just seems like, hey, let's go back to just the same thing that we were doing before. I mean, admittedly, when the pandemic first started and in the first couple of weeks that we were doing the podcast, I think we were wondering, you know, what are celebrity stories going to be like now? And actually, there have been a lot of interesting stories that have come out of it, you know, but at first it was like, what is the world of entertainment news and covering celebrities going to be like if everyone's just at home? But then there have been all these like crazy stories where you've got like weird combinations of people and you've got Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas and you've got Common and Tiffany Haddish and, you know, all all sorts of stuff going on. You've got Ray J driving up to protests in his Rolls Royce Phantom. But this story is just so funny because I was like scrolling through headlines and just to see this, it actually looks like there's like a glitch in the matrix where (laughs) this, where you're like, wait, did this repost from February in Mm. LA? It's just like, so weird but i guess we're entering a whole new era in la you know we've seen mostly celebrities walking the dog (laughs) and getting starbucks and now they're just going to be back out at the clubs judd apatow's movie with pete davidson came out this weekend and there's already a lot to talk about There's some controversy surrounding the movie because some fans were under the impression that it was going to open at a few drive-in theaters around the country. But Judd Apatow tweeted that this is an error. The King of Staten Island is only opening on Video On Demand Friday. It's not opening in theaters. Just the phrase opening in theaters means nothing right now. Well, I also like it's like (laughs) it was supposed to open at drive-ins. Like it sounds like we're in like the 50s. It's like... (laughs) And the sock hop was canceled. The King of Staten Island is based on Pete Davidson's life, right? He he loosely with, based, they said. Loosely based. Yeah. So Pete Davidson worked on it with Judd Apatow, and then his best friend wrote it, and a lot of his friends made cameos in it. His mom was on set all the time. I feel like we found out a lot about Pete Davidson, his struggle with mental health, what it was like growing up on Staten Island, losing his father in 9-11. All of these topics and more, but people are, they sound like they're kind of disappointed by this film. Yeah. One thing actually going back to what you're saying, Maggie, is I actually, we, there was so much out there about this movie and from the trailer, it's like, I don't feel like I need to see, I feel like I've seen the movie basically from just the coverage of the film and then sort of looking at the trailer and knowing as much as we do about Pete Davidson, because we've covered him so closely. It's like, there's some movies out there like, you know, there's a type of costume drama, for example, where like 
you can almost like I, I can almost guess like the lines from the movie just without seeing the movie. And usually it involves a line that goes something like, I am my father's daughter. You know, <laughs> that, that at some point, like Helen Mirren or someone's going to say that. So just add in something about the Staten Island Ferry. Yeah. So I feel like this voice. is a very, I am my father's daughter of like indie sort of Staten Island movies where, you know, it's just like, I kind of feel like I, could probably do the dialogue you know from this movie without having seen the movie but yes yeah, so the the controversy though over the drive-in thing is really weird i guess variety reported that um that some executives at universal which is the film's distributor had unintentionally booked the film in about a hundred theaters a source hmm. told variety when they realized the mistake, the studio went back to theaters and asked them not to play it. But it's like, it's kind of weird because it's not like Pete Davidson's mom was distributing the film and she accidentally called up some drive-in theaters and forgot to tell Judd Apatow. It's like, it's a major Hollywood studio. And then a drive-in movie theater owner who I'll call Murray for the purposes of this segment from Murray's drive-in um, told Variety there was no explanation from Universal and they just, they changed their mind and that this caused a, consider a considerable amount of ill will with customers who bought tickets online and they mm. showed up for a 7 p.m. show on Thursday I just wonder if they got there, you know, like you're at the drive-in and then the waitress on roller skates brings your onion rings and your milkshake and your burger and puts it on that tray that attaches to the side of your car. <laughs> Every time you say at the drive-in, I think about that band. Oh That's my where God. my head goes um, instead of the idea. Because in my what? lifetime, I've never driven up to a movie theater. So for me, it's just being in high school and listening to that band in my room. You know what's weird? And this shows that I still have some common sense. I almost launched into an at the drive-in song right now because I like loved that band so much as well. But yeah. I realized it would be so embarrassing that I... You don't want to give me a cover of one arm scissor? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Maggie, that's amazing. Now I can't stop thinking about that either. Gosh. Apparently, the best part of this film was totally ad-libbed, Judd Apatow said. You had a great item about this, Ian, from yeah, Russell Brand's so, podcast. So, Judd Apatow. Every time you say Apatow, an angel gets its wings. Apatow. Apatow. Remember there was the whole thing when Apatow came on the scene with, like, the 40-year-old virgin and knocked up, and this is 40. And there was a, thi there was a thing where people would were, like, referring to it as, like, Apatovian humor. It's very much mm. like the way like the New Yorker would write about Judd Apatow, but it's like no one says that anymore. So basically, Judd Apatow told Russell Brand on his podcast, once again, a person going on someone else's podcast. And so he told Russell Brand, sometimes when I'm watching people, they just hit on something and it feels magical, he said of filming Pete Davidson. It doesn't just feel like he thought of a good line. It feels like something opened up and something spoke to them. And he said that there's a moment in The King of Staten Island where Pete says to his mom, I'm sorry, I've been so hard to handle. And she's been worried about him his whole life. 
that he's not going to hurt himself. And then Pete, this is the this is the amazing ad lib, Maggie. And then Pete, without pause, added, and it's not in the script. He goes, I think it's always going to be hard. And it was the most truthful moment in the entire movie. Hmm. But does that sound like that much of a breakthrough line to you? Like that's that to me, it's very, I am my father's daughter. The problem here is that this film, we know so much about Pete Davidson and his personal life. You know, he's been candid about it and his struggles with mental health. So to the conscious consumer, it's no big reveal if you've been paying attention. Yeah, that's the thing. I just feel like we 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 know too much. Now, the backstory with this drive-through thing as well is that there is a war going on between the Hollywood studios and movie theater owners in general because for years, Hollywood studios have wanted to shrink the so-called windows of distribution where you could see a movie on demand at the same time it was in the theater or, you know, very soon after it's in the theater. And movie theater owners have always been against this because if people can just watch a movie at home, obviously it's like you can have basically a home theater now. The technology is so good. You can stream it digitally. So why would anyone leave the house? They could just watch a movie at home. So you know, movie theater owners have wanted these movies to be shown in the theater. Now with the coronavirus pandemic, it's been an excuse for the studios to say, hey, movie theaters are closed. We can't even show this in the theater. So you had movies like Trolls World Tour, which I'm sure, Maggie, you were one of the first to watch because I know how much you love Trolls, you know, come out and be a big hit. And it was just like a whole new experiment in releasing movies, just, you know, premium big releases just straight to to audiences and so the king of staten island which is a universal release as we said is now the latest movie to do that it's just going to bypass theaters so i think that was like the undercurrent of this drive-through thing is that um it's just another movie that's bypassing theaters completely although there are reports that movie theaters are going to open again although there will be social distancing measures i guess it's like you could only sit in the front row or the back row do you think you're gonna rent it and watch it ian <sighs> um is that too personal of a question for you i'm no. sorry i i i don't know you know maybe i get i don't know maybe for like research purposes but I don't know, Maggie. I mean, maybe, no. Celebrities are at it again. The internet has been given another cringeworthy PSA that nobody asked for. And this time it's about white privilege and how white celebrities are going to end racism. Yeah, you'd think that celebrities would have learned their lesson from like a few days into the coronavirus pandemic, right? Gal Gadot, mm -hmm. waiting for Gadot, had posted that thing of all these celebrities ridiculously singing Imagine, the John Lennon oh. song. They're like, Imagine they had any sense and they didn't do like, stuff like it's this. Three, it's been three days and like, as if like people were going to be inspired by a bunch of privileged celebrities in their mansion soulfully singing Imagine. Anyway, so that was a disaster, but now this one is even worse. Yes. So basically, 
The campaign is called I Take Responsibility, and it featured, quote, influential voices from the white community taking responsibility <laughs> for turning the racist tide in America. Who gives a shit? Okay. In this black and white video, you've got Sarah Paulson, Aaron Paul, Kesha, Justin Thoreau, Deborah Messing, Bryce Dallas Howard, oh, and more stars saying, God. I take responsibility. And they're talking about a time they may have ignored racial injustice. Speak up when it's necessary, but let black celebrities speak about what's going on. Yeah, I don't just, care what like, Juliet Moore is saying. But the thing uh, that's so funny is that, okay, so first of all, when I saw this video, someone had posted it and said like, celebrities are at it again and you click on the video and it's like it's in black and white and it looks like either an snl skit mm -hmm. or maybe a calvin klein obsession ad or like an snl skit of a calvin klein obsession ad it's just it's so sanctimonious and so dumb and it's like no one cares what you think and the thing about it that's really funny is all the people in it it's all like actors who just take themselves so goddamn seriously sarah paulson is like amazing she was great in like the oj miniseries and i guess on like american horror story but it's like give it a rest this is a trend that had it had been happening it's been happening for a long time, but it was obviously in a more subtle way because now it just seems so ridiculous because no one cares what these people think. But, you know, I think this is why Hollywood sort of awards shows had become so stale. It was like people were getting up there and they were still making these really sort of smug, self-satisfied, impassioned speeches to just their own bubble of people who were just standing up and applauding them. And it was just this echo chamber of self-congratulatory bullshit. And audiences were just sort of seeing through it. And it doesn't mean that the sentiment or the messages or the causes that they were endorsing aren't worthwhile. It's just that their own yammering isn't worthwhile. The time that they spend in this PSA could have been used to say something like, hey, let's arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor in her home. You know what I mean? And like bringing attention to issues that are happening on a larger scale, like using your celebrity to put a spotlight on figuring out stuff like this. But it's also like, why, why waste the public's time with this? You know, there was this thing where, as you mentioned in the Breonna Taylor case, Beyonce had written this letter. I, you know, obviously the letters made public or, you know, Jay-Z had taken out ads and newspapers. It's like, I don't know, why not? They're, they're posting this to just get attention for themselves and to sort of, they're addressing the public. It's like, why not just use your celebrity to try and influence people who could make a difference or politicians? And then obviously those things can be made public, but it's like, what is, what is the purpose of this? It, to just put a video out there on social media is just a self-aggrandizing thing for people to admire you and to hear yourself talk. And it's just, it's a wait, it's just a total waste of time. Yeah, this is not a trend. Things need to change for good. This is not a PSA. This is not a talking head thing. Maggie, you make a great point because the celebrities are not asking people to donate or not talking about their own donations or what they're doing. They're sort of apologizing for their own, um, you know, microaggressions or being part of the 
a racist system, even though none of the celebrities besides Anthony Tucci in the video apparently even mention the word racism. Then the other thing is it's like they're just making it all about themselves. Like it's just all about them. There's nothing in it about other people. It's like, I will not do this and I will not do that. And it's just like all about you. Um, So it's just totally missing the point, I think. While these celebrities are taking responsibility for their microaggressions, etc., you and I can take responsibility for calling them out on their foolishness. I smell a new hashtag. Or is that just hash? What? That is it for this episode of We Hear. Our show is produced by Jamila Zara-Williams and Melissa Caceres. We would love to hear your questions and your ideas for the show. Let us know if there's anyone you'd like us to cover. Email us at podcasts at nypost.com. To hear the latest We Hear episodes, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. And please leave us a review. We will be back tomorrow with more Page 6 exclusives. See you then.